You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, June 22nd. It's a good week because, well, Mondays we get to talk about mental health here on The Coffee Hour for Mental Health Mondays. And we're introducing mm-hmm. a new series today, which I'm excited about. It's also share week. Uh, so mm-hmm. coming up Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week, it's share here on KFUO. It's going to look, well, it's going to sound a little bit different than <laughs> Sherathons in the past, but I think, I still think it's going to be a great time. It's just going to be unique because of, uh, you know, all, everyone being deployed or most of us being deployed. There'll be a couple of us in the studio, but not a lot. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different, but I think it's still going to be a great time and great opportunity for you, the listener, to call and pledge your support of KFUO. Um, or you can visit kfuo.org uh, to find out ways to to make a gift right there online as well. It is Mental Health Monday. We're going to talk with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thanks for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time for Mental Health Monday, and we're starting a new <laughs> series here. Good morning, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning. I mean, this this series cannot be coming at a more needed time, right? Like we're <laughs> we're going to talk about play, and I think that we all could use something that sounds a little lighthearted, and also maybe we could all use a little bit of um, what do you call that when someone gives you permission to give yourself some time and energy. And we're not like talking self-care here. I think we're talking soul care. Like what does play do for our heart, soul, minds, and strengths? And so I'm really excited about this uh, series that we're going to be in for, I think the whole summer. Yeah, it'll take us a while, I think, to, to work through it, especially as you <laughs> lay that out for us this morning, some of the things that we're going to be talking about. So let's dig right into it then. Um, what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, what is play. Yeah, what is play? You know, I think it's one of those small words that is very abstract. You know, it's a really abstract idea that there's this space in our life that has um, a a freedom to it, that has um, a a joy to it that we don't see in other places. When we talk about play, and we're going to talk about this later in the series, I really think about the biblical term of delight a lot. And so we get to look at scripture and see how God delights, how that's part of his character and part of his creator aspects, especially for us, but also with the spirit um, and engaging with us and the word and things like that. And so we're going to break down some of the psychological ideas and definitions we have of play, but we will also spend time in those theological and spiritual definitions of play. And then, you know, as always on Mental Health Mondays, we're going to see a lot of overlap because anything people created or anything science discovered, God created first. So I really <laughs> am excited to see the the ways that we benefit from play. You know, we're going to outline some of those. We're going to talk about play in kids, but also play in middle schoolers and teens and how that changes, and then also play in adults. And we're going to look at Uh, some different aspects of play that we may not have been engaging in that we need in our lives. So we might even be people that have a lot of recreation in our lives, or we have a lot of entertainment in our lives, but that doesn't mean we have play in our lives, in our lives. And so how about we start off the uh, half hour here by asking what you think 
And then we'll ask this maybe at the end again of our series. What do you think is your favorite way to play? And then let's define it. Because I kind of want to tear into that a little bit and see what changes from each of us. So what do you guys like to do to play Andy and Sarah? I mean, my answer is going to be super obvious, uh, but I'm pretty sure whenever play comes into my vocabulary, uh, we're talking about playing bikes. So <laughs> shocking. If anybody's shocking to social everybody, media I know. Or, yeah. But yeah, I mean bikes. that's something that, that we regularly talk about in our bike group is, is you know, we're gonna go play bikes. And a lot of times that's when we go race outside or play in the woods or something. But mm-hmm. but that is that yeah, is an actual phrase that we use. <laughs> There's an aspect of outdoors in that for you, right? Or do yes. you also have like a stationary bike at home? That is not considered playing bikes. <laughs> okay, awesome. Very good. I like the Definitely outside with other people. Well, usually with other people right now, it's a little less that. But it's always when you're planning on going outside on your bike and having fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I like it. Okay, how about you, Andy? How do you like to play? Oh, goodness. Okay, there are <laughs> things that I, I enjoy doing that I think, but I don't know if they meet the 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 definition of play or not i mean certainly i enjoy going being outside too i enjoy running but in terms of you know spending time with my family you know we love just getting out and playing frisbee out in an open field at a park nearby Mm. um and we do have some some creative play around here at home too you know just uh you know make believe and and things like that that i enjoy Mm -hmm. um i'm not the best at it You'd think with a degree in theater, I would be, but I'm not. Um, my wife is better at it than I am at playing the the different characters than make believe. Um, that's a that's a good point, though. Sometimes when we have a degree in things, mm-hmm. we have a harder time playing in those things. Yes. Um, and so, it, it just real fast, because I'm also the worker wellness you know advocate for the Missouri Senate under contract, is that I see this a lot in ministry life too, right? And so, you know, getting workers to think about what are the playful aspects of ministry is a really healthy thing, uh, because when you have a degree in it, it's a little harder, I think, to tap into those spaces where it can feel more freeing and kind of open to um, improvisation and things like that that we'll get to, but. Which is really funny because I even studied improvisation. You know, we studied improv in children's <laughs> theater and theater for children mm-hmm. in the classroom, you know, the, the, the whole nine yards. But uh, my wife is better at it than I am. So that's the whole free <laughs> play and improvisation with different characters and make believe. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. And so you guys talked about, you know, we're going to talk about the definition of play. So what is play? We're going to break that down into seven properties of play. And this is especially extensively studied by Dr. Stuart Brown, who is an evolutionary theorist and all of this stuff. And so if you pick up the book, I recommend his book on play is really good, especially for teachers or people working with children at all, but for most of us, Um, but it is, you know, there's a lot of things we would probably disagree with. No, we would definitely disagree with in the text, but it's research-based. So you're watching uh, children, you're watching adults, you're watching all different kinds of people and what actually is play instead of, you know, just kind of pulling out Webster's dictionary of play and things like that. No offense to Webster. They do a fine (laughs) job over there for a lot of things. So um, I think we'll try to get to maybe three of the aspects of play before we go to break, and then we'll try to get to the other four. But I don't know. Andy's usually our one who keeps us on target. So Andy, you're in charge <laughs> of that because <laughs> I could play talking about play all day long. Right? <laughs> um, so the first as- 
aspect of play is purposelessness. And I actually think the more and more I study this, the more important I think this is. So play does not have purpose. That means we're gonna gain a lot from play and I could spend hours telling you the benefits of play for children. And anyone who spends any time in a preschool or kindergarten classroom would agree. And I'm sure if we got, you know, uh, Rebecca Schmidt down here from LCMS School Ministry, she'd have some things to say about play because we know that it benefits us so much. And I think we don't quite understand the aspects of that for adults as well as children but we do know there's benefits. The problem is when we're so busy attaching the benefits, it gives it too much purpose and it starts <laughs> to be too purposeful. And so we have to be a little careful with that, especially when we're interacting with children. Purposelessness means that we don't define so much of their play for them. So if I set up sensory trays and I set up a theme station um, in each curriculum area based on our current you know, idea that we're studying in a kindergarten classroom, for instance, um, that's good. And that, that is play to some extent. But if I have no, uh, if I'm like really defining that for the students and not letting them create on their own, then it's too purposeful and it becomes really good work. It's really great learning that doesn't make it play. So play is purposeless. You just do it. Uh, you kind of get lost in it is another aspect of it. And so there's a freedom from time in play. So you uh, have you ever spent time riding your bike, Sarah, and you're just going <laughs> and you're just enjoying and then you hop off that bike and you look at your watch and you're like, well, goodness, it's been an hour and a half. You know, you just get lost in that experience. Has that happened to either of you before? Yeah, that has happened. One time I was on a walk and uh, in a neighborhood just north of here that I, where I walk all the time and I was so engrossed in, you know, being outside and listening to my audiobook that I literally got lost in the neighborhood and couldn't figure out how to get home. <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. Reading does that for me also. Like reading is one of my favorite things and I would say I'm ready to say it's one of my most playful things because I can read just about anything. I can get lost in someone else's story. I love to just take in the information, but as long as I'm not feeling the pressure to highlight and take down notes and things like that, uh, reading is really playful because I have that sense of freedom from time. And I would say for those listening, it's one of the best indicators for us that we are actively playing as far as brain-wise because we have lost that sense of time. And so sometimes we do this and, and it's just checking out. So like when you're driving, most of us aren't playing when we've lost sense of time, right? Like, <laughs> have you ever arrived at your definite destination and you're like, what happened? I don't How I did don't I get know. here? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That so that's just called checking out. Um, and that's, that's a form of dissociation that can be healthy and unhealthy. But uh, there's also, <laughs> that's for another Mental Health Monday. Um, but there's there might be for some people, if driving, going on the Sunday drive, you know, it's one of like my dad's favorite things to do. And you're just looking around and you're like making some comments on somebody's house and then over here what it used to be when you were five. For some people, that's an aspect of play to enjoy something that is kind of normally work, like driving and getting us around and doing what we need to do in life for our vocations. Being able to just enjoy it can often bring a sense of play 
to it, a sense of play to it. So that's purposelessness, one aspect of play, and then freedom from time. Do you want to try to fit in one more before the break? Sure, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's an important one. It's attractive. It's attractive, which sounds really obvious, like that we need it to look like something we want to do in order for it to be play. But I think that again, with children, so often we offer something for them to play, but it's not particularly attractive to them. You know, it might be a toy and we've all done this where we buy the toy that we think is the best toy that has ever been invented. We found it in the aisle at the store and it had all the bells and whistles and it looked amazing and there's music and there's sounds and there's buttons and there's colors and we give it to the infant or toddler and they are like, eh. I'm not into that, you know, and they go over to the box that the toy was in and they start playing with the box for a half an hour. So that is the attractive aspects of play. You you have to want to connect with it. Um, and so you can see then in like a classroom setting, you're really looking at the lens of each child. And so it's really complicated for teachers. It's really complicated for our children's ministry directors um, and for parents even to figure out which what each child needs and what can be most helpful in order for them to enjoy the benefits of play that we know that come cognitively and emotionally and relationally if they all need something different that is play to them. You know, we're all very individual creatures. So, so purposeless, attractive, and freedom from time. Those are the first ones we have. Any, any thoughts on that before we break, you guys? Purposelessness is probably the hardest one for me. I didn't realize how hard this would be for me. Like mm -hmm. identifying things that I enjoy doing that are really just kind of purposeless. Everything has to, mm -hmm. in my in my brain, everything has to have a purpose <laughs> in order for me to invest time in it, to, to, to give time to it. Um, yeah. So I need to find I you some, something to play, Andy. Ooh, this is going to be a good challenge. I feel like at the end of the summer, if we can identify what Andy has going on, where he has discovered purposelessness, we have done our job. But you know, Andy, like not this is therapy or anything, but there is a value added component to that. There are a lot of us who have been trained that servanthood is a really important aspect of our faith and belief that have a hard time then with the concept of purposelessness, that God gives spaces mm. in our life for things that don't produce something. So mm -hmm. that's just something to root around in. That's an important thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is a challenge for many, many people, especially as we grow into adults. But I see it as also when we are trying to help administer to and work with our middle school students where we're growing them out of play we think and into purpose and that's not necessarily mutually exclusive well even some of the the play things quote play things that mm -hmm. you know like the, the games or free time or whatever that that i've done have always had a purpose in that uh or if i'm you know playing with my son that that I, I can see how this contributes to his development, that he's he's learning something new. I'm learning something new, um, that I'm always learning something. So there's still some sense of purpose to it. Um, yeah, this is going to be a hard one. But uh, we'll talk more about <laughs> play when we come back and less about me. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
Hi, I'm Gary Duncan. As you know, we postponed our share back in April, but I'm pleased to announce that we will be celebrating the ministry of KFUO with share 2020 from Thursday, June 25th through Saturday, June 27th. During this global pandemic and social unrest, it is vital for KFUO to share the love of Christ to a world starving to hear the gospel. As a partner with KFUO, your gifts provide for us to share that word of Christ around the world. Because of social distancing, our share will be slightly different than it has been in the past. Most of your favorite hosts and special guests will be live from their homes and not all together in the studio. Also, along with special share programming, we will continue some of our regular programs with extra breaks to ask for your support. Join us for share 2020, Thursday through Friday, June 25th through 27th, and celebrate the ministry of KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. LCMS Disaster Response and Training provides guidance and counsel to congregations seeking to show mercy to their neighbors before, during, and after disasters. From congregation preparedness to equipping volunteers in our Lutheran Early Response Team training, we can help you engage your community, particularly those who are suffering in any way with the love of Christ. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, keyword LCMS Disaster Response, or visit our website at lcms.org forward slash disaster. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're trying to figure out how to play, because apparently I don't know how. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman uh, about the importance of play. And so much good times. Seven, <laughs> the seven properties of play, and apparently I can't get past the first one. Um, so we've talked about purposeless, um, purposelessness. Is that a word? Uh, mm-hmm. It's attractive, it is now. and it is now made it a word. Um, and it, freedom from time, right? So, mm-hmm. see, in the, yeah. the whole freedom from time thing, I I can get lost in the garden. Like I can get lost, mm-hmm. like in in terms of time. Like I could spend countless hours working in the garden and not realize what I'm doing and just having fun and, and even pulling weeds. That's kind of relaxing for me. I know it sounds weird, but mm-hmm. I could get lost. It's cathartic. That. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Cause yeah, <laughs> once it's out, it's gone right until 20 more grow in the same That's place. Uh, so let's go on to the next, uh, right. the, the, we have like four more and only <laughs> like six. Minutes to cover. Of course, of course. So one thing I want to say is this is all an imperfection. I mean, just like we experience everything else in life in a broken world, we are not going to be able to most of the time gather all seven things together and be like, woo, play, you know, nor should we be thinking about it that much because then it's not play. <laughs> so, so it's okay, Andy, if one of them is missing for you in certain circumstances or three or four are, you know, we're always in imperfection looking toward the perfection that God's going to give us in heaven. And when he comes again in restoration and we get to play with him on this earth. Um, so, so that's an important thing to remember. Uh, voluntary is another aspect of play. So it's not play when someone forces you to do it. Uh, now, this is kind of funny because we tell kids all the time, go play. I mean, I, I think I say that in my house multiple times a day, right? Go play, go play. Um, there's a difference between encouraging kids to play and then telling them how to play, like what play is for them and defining that for them. And so often this is where choices come in and we give them ideas um, or like 
many of us might have an area in our house where there's the toys. You know, it's kind of the toy area. Some of us have a room and some of us don't have that large of a space or have limited resources. And so there might be some buckets that just have the toys that our kids have. But that's wait, a good wait, system. Your, your toys are in just one place in your home? <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, I mean, that's the storage area. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Sorry. Never mind. Scrap that. But the good thing about having a lot of toy options and by a lot don't think i mean the more money you have and the more money you spend on toys the better you are that's not what i'm saying but just having options even of cardboard boxes and some popsicle sticks and you know obviously being aware of choking hazards and things like that for age appropriateness but having different substances and different things that children can get into that they can decide what play looks like for them. And so voluntary is an important part of play. I'm just going to keep railroading through you guys because we have limited time mm -hmm. here. Um, we also have a diminished sense of consciousness. And so the way I like to describe this to people is that we don't have embarrassment over our play. When I'm playing, I'm not thinking about what people think of me. And can you even begin to collect and imagine how powerful that is in our lives then? If we have spaces where we're not concerned what we look like, and we're going to have a whole episode later in the series on silliness and the place of silliness in our lives and how that's an aspect of play. And that has to do with this no embarrassment. We really need that in our lives. And so then the last, no, we have two more. Improvisational is one. And so we talked about that a little bit earlier with your improv class, Andy. So that's a good, that's a good thing. And so that might be play for someone. It's a little harder when we're in a classroom setting and learning and being graded on things. Uh, but improvisational is is a broader term. We're not just talking about acting, obviously, but for the listener, we'll define that. Improvisational is where you're just making stuff up as you go along. And so I might start playing house with my child and I, they gain a lot when I let them make decisions in that space while still being the parent who keeps people safe and, you know, inserts values into the components that we're doing. But they get to decide, like, you're the mommy. Oh, now you're the daddy. I'm not going to argue theologically with them about whether I'm a boy or a girl in that, you know, if I'm going to make it a playful experience. And so we have to make decisions based on how improvisational we let our children's play be. And I think sometimes we lend a little toward less improvisational when you know, giving some space to letting them pretend while still living out our values and teaching them what we believe in other spaces and time is, is a good thing in family life. So then the last one is disappointment when it's done. That's really important. So you you get up and someone tells you you have to stop playing. And I don't know how many of you have interacted with children who are like, oh, man. <laughs> and we all feel like that when we have to stop playing. I feel like that when I've made all this food. So cooking is play for me and I'm chopping and I'm throwing things in, especially if it's I have the ingredients I like and I am doing something new. And then I put it on the table and I'm like, oh, well, this is nice, but I'm kind of sad. Like I was just having so much fun. <laughs> so that's that's a really important aspect of play that it's really enjoyable for you there's an innate joy to it and last thing i would throw in before we have to depart is that 
Heidi Gaiman would add one more thing to Stuart Brown's 70 pro seven properties of play, and that would be that it's an expression of God's grace. You know, it's one of those first article gifts to us that God has created us, not just to work and to do, but also for delight. He has given us so much freedom in this life, especially those of us who know Christ, to be free and to be you know, not yoked to the slave of sin. And so it's always going to look like something that's healthy for us. So it's not play if it's sin. We, that's a whole different thing. Instead, it connects us to God because he's our creator and our maker, and he delights in us. And so I want to set that apart. I think theologically, that's an important thing. If it's sinful, that is no longer play, and that's not healthy. It's not giving you the benefits of play. Mm -hmm. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, Mental Health Monday, starting our series on play. Coming up next week, more. Uh, I don't remember what we'll get into next week. More on play, though. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Heidi. Thanks. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Have a great week. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.